We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk. I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. week on Weird Norfolk, we're looking at the Skull Experiment. Skull seems to be an unlikely home for Norfolk's very own X-Files style investigation, but in 1993, psychic researchers Sandra and Robin Foy joined forces with another husband and wife duo, mediums Diana and Alan Bennett, to form the Skull Experiment group with the intent purpose of trying to create a direct line of communication between the living and the dead. The quartet initially worked with three friends, set out to see if the Victorian practice of holding seances had any basis in facts and whether it had been discredited unfairly as hocus-pocus. Deep underground, beneath the Foy's 17th century farmhouse, in a cellar nicknamed the Skull Hole, the couples began to hold seances in pitch darkness in order to contact spirits who would be able to help them provide a scientifically literate public with proof that there was life after death. In 1999, the group shared their results with the public. Oh, the skull hole. I know. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> I love that after every single story we go... Skull is an unlikely place for the dead to come through, I would say, personally. Well, I don't know. In my research, I've actually come across... Skull is quite an active place. I was just thinking about that massive road that used to go through. I've never actually... I haven't actually been... Well, I drove kind of... We did drive past Skull on the way back from Bury St Edmunds the other day. I was quite excited because it was... I was like, ooh, Skull. Skill. But, like, the, the pub or the inn there is meant to be really haunted... And some of the roads around there, I've heard tales of kind of ghostly apparitions. And their church burnt down, I think, as well. Uh, so, I mean, mm. so I think Skull could probably be quite a good place for it, actually, when you kind of think mm. about it. Yeah, think about it, Station. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask two questions here? First of all, can we establish what we mean by psychic researchers? What are psychic researchers? People who try or who believe they are able to communicate. communicate with another realm. So in this case specifically, people who believe that they can communicate with the dead. Or more to the point, actually, people who try to communicate with the dead then discover that they think they can mm. and then the experiment continues. So, so how does that put them aside from somebody who describes themselves as a medium? 
Well, I don't suppose it, I don't think it does because two of these people were actually would describe themselves as mediums. Mm. Um, the maybe the psychic researchers try and make take a more scientific approach to it. And, you know, set controls. They'd also, you know, always making sure there's someone witnessing, um, making sure everything's documented properly. Whereas a medium would be more just like... And there was some controversy with the Skull Experiment over the amount of control there was. Um, Everything was done in the dark, wasn't it? And there was... There were a whole lot of reasons why people didn't believe and a whole lot of reasons why people did. Well, it's really hard because I can kind of see both sides... On this, they, I mean, they had like 300 people go and witness it over the years that they were experimenting, which is really, you know, it's a lot of people. And I think most of these people were convinced that it was, it was real. There was very few people who, I get the impression, went away going, oh, this is, this is poppycock or whatever. Um, they had some people from uh, the, the Society for Psychical Research who were really um, highly respected group of people and you know they 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 investigated all sorts of things you know like the unfolded poltergeist um we've got had done several stories where um people from there came to, to norfolk to look at things there was a mouse hole poltergeist uh, um there's a Wisbeach shoe shop which i haven't done yet because technically Wisbeach isn't norfolk but the, they went there so they do like you know they're really well respected and they, they they're not always like Oh, it's real. It's you know they're very objective on it, and they they try to look at all the possibilities and all the facts before they kind of make a judgment. And the um, SPR thought it was legit- legitimate. You know, one they... of our one of our friends is photographer at the EDP, and she did some of the pictures at the time, didn't she? Yeah, so when they released it in nineteen ninety nine, she went along and did pictures and met them. Yeah, in the sense she said they were utterly convincing and convinced that what they were doing was was real mm. and that she said she was really creeped out in the cellar at the skill hill um she said she was really creeped out down there but i did point out to her that if you follow four strangers into a cellar you are going to be aren't you? <laughs> yeah i would be at any cellar really yeah really. i think she went on her own didn't she the report had already been um but i mean they did have some really interesting phenomena happen there was um so lots of trinkets appeared from nowhere um, they saw dancing lights, heard the ringing bells, um, saw objects hovering in midair, and heard some noisy crackling. And on one occasion, they were sprinkled with water. So it can't have been in complete darkness if they saw objects hovering in midair, can it? I think it's it's just really difficult to say this was... I think the problem with the Skoll experiment is, or for other people, is that it claimed to be scientific. And I think... I don't think um, the scientific community would agree with that. Mm. And that there were too many kind of... I think the fact that it was in the dark makes you think... Yeah, anything could happen. Yeah. If it was going to be truly Although scientific... They wore, it they wore kind of as if they were in a mid-1980s disco. They wore... Luminous armbands, so that you could see their hands mm. moving in like a disco effect. Yeah. So presumably to stop that, but it's not particularly difficult to slip one of those off. I mean, you can you can be super cynical and say mm. that this was probably not the most scientific mm. experiment ever. Mm. It's very difficult because <clears throat> I mean, scientists will always say they they will, they they would like to do their experiments in, in a controlled environment. Yeah. But when you're working with something which is unknown, mm. 
you know, they're not going to appear in a lab, no. are they? So you need to be in an almost uncontrolled environment in order for whatever it is supposed to be there. Even so, you could have a level of control. I mean, there is no reason it needs to happen in the dark. You know, that that, that seems a bit archaic that you would think that ghosts or spirits mm. or that would, would only be able to come in the dark. You know, there is no reason for that, is there? Put the lights on, you know, let, let the dog see the rabbit. Yeah, I mean, like... Paranormal investigators, I think that's quite a common question for them. It's like, oh, why do you do it at night? And their justification is, and I can see the point in it, is that it's quieter at night. So that it makes more sense to do it at night. Ghosts don't need the dark to, to form. No. So to do it in the dark, just I just wish, I just really wish they'd done it with light and videoed the whole thing. So Yes. I mean, they did have cameras and stuff, and there was occasions where cameras levitated and they would take their own photographs um, and images would magically appear on rolls of unopened film, which I think is where this kind of took a little twist in a slightly different direction as well. So whereas it started out as an experiment looking at kind of the Victorian seance, it kind of then went to this, I don't know... It, 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 Ike-esque... Yeah, it was very strange. Superior like they're talking beings. to rather than talking to spirits how we would think of them, and you know these that would have appeared during um, Victorian <coughs> seances, they were talking to these kind of higher beings who wanted to communicate, almost I guess like better ways of living and and share their technology and stuff. So it kind of I don't know. Yeah, it just goes culture. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of like takes this really strange direction. It's quite a fascinating thought, isn't it? All these spirits on the other side kind of, you know, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for somebody to, you know, create a bridge between the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. You know, this Mm -hmm. idea of them all kind of like, come on, you know, turn the lights on. And that's it, and these higher beings wanted to tell, like share how to to make that bridge stronger, I suppose. Mm. but the, the, the group were they were they going in to prove or disprove? What what was their? I feel prove like they wanted to prove it because they obviously believed in it. And they said that they were kind of summoned to that house, which is allegedly had three friendly ghosts, and that they'd been called to that house specifically because there was this bridge between the living and the dead. So you're kind of going in again non-scientifically with you're the, biased, because you're you? trying to prove you're try, you're going in with the preconception that this is real and then trying to prove it which is very different to going in with a preconception of is this real mm. it's a whole different matter yeah, isn't because it? you're going to look for yeah. things that prove it and you're going to then discount the things that don't prove it it's like if you hear some somewhere's haunted or you hear someone's purported to be haunted then you know somebody turning the washing machine upstairs isn't that it's some it's you know footsteps mm. and and all the rest of it, isn't it? Many, many, many years ago, I spoke to somebody from, from the SPR. And, and they said that the most dangerous thing to have when you go into an investi- like, investigation like this is an open mind. Because something will fill it, is what mm. they said. Mm. So you have to start at a point <clears throat> whether or not you're going out. But you need to be very clear whether you're going in to prove something or disprove mm. it. I suppose... Part of me says that the scientific way would be to go and disprove something. Yeah. So you rule out all the things yeah. it could be, and then you're left with what it is. That's what I really like about the SPR, is they do go in with that kind of attitude. Yeah. Like, that they're not like, oh yeah, it's definitely real. They're like, well, we're going to try and disprove it, and then if we mm. can't disprove it, we'll assume that it's, it's real. 
It is, I mean, it's something that's fascinated people for centuries, isn't it? This idea of, of communicating with the dead. It's an, it's, it's an idea that's been through all the ages, particularly 1850s when it mm. became super fashionable, didn't it, yeah. to cloak your parlour in black and... and, mm. and I think sounds. it um, grew in popularity with the rise of spiritualism as Which a religion. Is a really bizarre story, you know, isn't I would it? love to go to a... A spirit, spiritualist church. I've got one literally yeah, 200 years ago. I know, away, I've walked it? past it a few times, but I'm always a bit nervous about it. Because mm. I worry that people think, because I'm quite open-minded about things, I don't want people to think I'm, like, taking Mocking the mick it, yeah. or anything. I'm just interested in it. I like, um, I deal with somebody professionally uh, for work who is a member of the spiritualist church and is a spiritualist. I mean, he's one of our veterans, so he will walk into an area in, the, in Normandy... And suddenly he will have to leave because if he's in a cemetery, he'll all of them will come out to him mm. and be crowding him with their story or their message or their. And he said at first he tried to help them, but he can't now because he's old and he can't do it. But so I'm kind of vaguely used to so it now. Is, so how long has he practiced spiritualism for then? Years. I mean, so, um, so I was about to say centuries. <laughs> almost a century because he is almost a century. Um, decades. Mm decades he doesn't actually go anymore because i think for several reasons a mobility and b he said it was too much because he said as he gets closer to death himself Mm. then he feels that he's closer and therefore they are closer and he says he literally can't stop the voices sometimes Mm. so he will sometimes stay out of the cemeteries because he can't take the Mm. noise that's really interesting you know so it, they obviously, you know, the, it obviously means things to the people who go there, mm. you know. And he is a hundred, I mean, completely, compellingly um, genuine about See, this it is, I think, because um, I think mediumship and spiritualism and seances get a bit of a bad rep because obviously so many people are fraudulent and they just ruin it and they're taking advantage of, you know, really vulnerable people who are, are in mourning and, and, you know, are looking for some kind of answer and these people just you know they're doing cold reading and sometimes though even with that cold reading again I know people who have lost children and and you kind of see that they go to mediums and and, you know the information they come back with is so utterly trite and obvious you know so you go there and you know that somebody is in a terrible state but even so, even though the stuff they come back with is stuff that I could probably glean from somebody if I spent five minutes mm. with them, they're happy because yeah. they feel... So I kind of, in a way, think I've gone full circle on this and think if you're trying to extort cash, then, you know, but if you are somebody, this this person that uh, that my friend's, my friend's dad went to um, didn't ask for money and just said, well, I will try and get through and did that. Yeah, and, and he that, came through like overjoyed. Yeah, I think that's different. I think it's the people who like are trying to you know, yeah. get money and they say, yeah. oh, if you pay us this much money, we'll get in contact with your loved ones. And yeah. I just think that, I find that really painful. I don't know, I don't really like it. But all they really want to know is that the person who's passed is thinking of them, that they know they love them, that they're not in pain, mm. that they're happy. Practically, that's all you have to say, isn't it, yeah. really? And, you know, just let them know that everything's OK. And and sending people away with that, I, I don't see as a bad thing. Do you think that 
some of the techniques that perhaps the Victorian mediums did, the ones who were the charlatans. The ectoplasm. Yeah, and all that. Do you think there's a similarity between the way they do things and, at the time of this recording, Darren Brown is at the Theatre Royal. I went to him last night. And the way he does it, because he gets information out of people, in a way. Now, he's doing it purely for entertainment. Yeah. And he... He says, you know, this is, it's, 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 it's not trickery. a gift. It's trickery. Yeah. yeah. So, but is he using the same sort of techniques? Yes, yeah. 100%. He did a show, I went to see him, it was a good few years ago, and he did one which was basically like the seances. Yeah. And he, like, it was all very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Because it was all Victorian looking. And yeah, so he does use the same techniques. If you can read a face, which he can, and he can read like, tiny eye movements that say yes or no and and tiny facial twitches that he was showing it last night when I went to see him um he showed a chap's face as he told him to think of an animal but not tell him what it was and he he was talking us through it as he did it he said look his jaws just tightened that means it's a yes because if it was a no he'd relax because he wouldn't have to react so if somebody tenses, it's a yes, because they're trying to hide something. If they relax, it's a no. And so he was talking through exactly. And you can see how, I mean, obviously it would take, it is a huge skill. And I would say in its way, is 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 mesmerising enough without any magic involved at all. It doesn't matter that he's not magical. It doesn't matter that he hasn't got a bridge to the to the dead. If somebody can read you to that level... Mm. The the skill is immense, isn't it? I mean, I do sometimes think he's a bit of a double bluff, though. I can't imagine no, that he would. I think the thing I find fascinating about him is is how much of it is so utterly mundane. Mm. So, I think you know, I, it's a bit like people who, who who are regressed, isn't it? And they come back and they say, "Oh, oh, I was Cleopatra." And you think, really, you, you know, if I I know that if I was regressed and any of it was real, I'd come back as some kind of cleaner. You know, and and it wouldn't be for Cleopatra, even it'd be for somebody really tedious. But but people always want to have something spectacular. And I think that's what always strikes me about my chap, which is that none of this stuff is spectacular. It's not kind of people coming back from the dead with messages that are hugely important or, or kind of immense. It's kind of things like, can you tell so-and-so that the, you know, basically that the, the gas meter needs reading? or something? It is literally, yeah. I mean, with, with this chap, Ernie, who had died quite recently, um, it was as basic as things like that. You know, really kind of... But the kind of thing you would, you know, if you suddenly died, you think, oh, God, I wish yeah. I told Pete that, you yeah. know, the uh, TV licence needs... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, the kind of real stuff, as opposed to somebody coming back and saying, I need you to know that there's a, you know, celestial rainbow that I've just <laughs> slid down and I'm with the Lord now. Um, it would be about the gas, wouldn't it? And that kind of <laughs> stuff. It would for me, anyway. It'd be like, there's the use my dates in the fridge show. <laughs> Have you ever been to see a medium? I have. I have. Um, I went, I did a, I should find it actually. I did a series for the evening news years ago before I had Cole. So Cole's 18 this year. Um, So about two years before I had Cole. Um, And I went to see a hand reader, a chiropractor. Chiropractor, that's backs. Yeah. (laughs) He read my hand. Palmistry. (laughs) He got that wrong. A chirologist, is it? I don't know. Palmistry. He, they, no God, you can't call him that. Oh, they go, they go spare if you call him that. <laughs> um, he he read hands, 
Um, I went to see a medium in the middle of a forest, in the middle of a thunderstorm, just in case it could get any more evocative. Um, and I went to see somebody who read ribbons. That was a weird oh. one. Somebody who did crystals. Basically, I did a whole load of um, bits and pieces to see what they said. And then we revisited it years later. And the medium told me, and at that time I just had Ruby. So um, my daughter was very young. And I had no plans to have number two because we had no cash. And she said to me, you'll have a boy in November 2000. Like, as, like, and, and I promise you, there was absolutely no way that was going to happen. I did get pregnant. I did have a boy in 2000, although I was told I was having a girl. So I thought, well, she's got that wrong. And then he came out and he was a boy. And that was quite spooky because, as I said, completely unplanned. Well, you know, it was, it was not on the cards. And, it, and she... But you don't know if subliminally that goes in, and mm. and she said, "Oh, you're going to win an award this year," and I did, and she, it was quite bizarre. But how many things did she tell you which didn't happen, or have you forgotten those? It'll all be in the piece. Um, <laughs> It'll be worth going back. It would be worth it going back and having a look at all those pieces. So I, I think wrote, that's the know. other thing is like you remember all the stuff that happens, yeah. but you forget about. It's like um, I I have spoken to a medium before. Um, there was a group of us and she came to my friend's house and she like took us off one at a time to to do a reading sort of thing and she she didn't say anything to me apart from something about my nan working in a hospital and I was like oh my nan did used to work in a hospital and that was like literally it but all the rest of the stuff I can't remember anything apart from that she said my nan worked in a hospital I, I can't. I, yeah, I can't remember. I, I do remember the fact that where she lived was properly kind of exactly how you'd want it to be in the middle of a, a wood, and that there was a thunderstorm as it started. So it really could not have got any better, um, atmosphere-wise. And she was kind of quite an old lady, and um, and 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 I remember coming out and thinking all of that's utter nonsense, you know, because. None of that's going to happen. And then some of it did, but, you know, coincidence. And I was somebody who just had one child. Fairly mm-hmm. obvious. Probably I'm going to have another. A good guess that it's going to be a different flavour. But you do hear, like, stories that are, like... It, the, the coincidences are just amazing. I know mm. Denise was telling us about someone... Do you, I don't know if you remember... Um, a friend of hers went to see, like, a, a fortune teller... And she got pretty much everything spot on, like stuff that nobody else would know. And it's just like, well, how... I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, she was taking money off her because she was like a fortune teller on the beach. But could, but... That, be, could that be <laughs> a Darren was... Brown-style cold reading? Yeah. He he was saying things last night, you know, that people... That that nobody knew and mm. had nothing to do with, with what the show was about. And he'd suddenly kind of be talking to somebody about something else and say, you're going for a job in London, aren't you? You know. So... That's and he's not magic. He that is cold reading. But he might be. Well, either that or there's some more kind of slightly more technological um, trickery going. Or if he's doing it in true Victorian style, he might actually have um, what's the word for like a plant, a stooge. Yeah, he might have stooges. Well, he definitely hasn't said. They did used to. He hasn't said he doesn't, does he? And he has at no point said that any of this is real. So Mm. he can do what he likes. Really, can't he? But some, yeah. of, some of the old ones used to have people in, you know, sort of milling around as people were arriving, yeah. listening to conversations. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So and it's um and around the séance tables and stuff, they would 
get someone to check some of the equipment and that would be a stooge like who goes oh yes it looks all perfectly fine and yeah. um, you would you would kind of des- desperately want this to be true really wouldn't you you would want to although i would kind of always worry that say what if you had two marriages somebody died and then you remarried who do you go back to in the in the do you have two wives in the afterlife do you look the same when you die really interesting. Oh, I can't think about it. it, it I've never oh. thought about that before. Can you? No. So if you get, if you marry for a second time because your first partner had died, are they waiting for you with and kind of like, is it you know, be really fists awkward? in the air? Or are they kind of quite beatific about it, but still you've got two wives in the afterlife? And do you come back in the afterlife as somebody who is 83 and they're 39 or whatever? Mm. Or what? I would think... I'd like to think that you'd go back to like your favourite. So what age? happens to wife number two? What do you mean? So you got two. Oh, no. wives, so I, got... I haven't addressed that issue. My issue was the age thing. <laughs> right. But I think you'd go back to your favourite polygamy. Polygamy. Well, you know that. And what if your second wife? Or husband had been married. I know. Before. So it could be like, yeah. it could get really complicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like suddenly Mormon, isn't it? Although it's just. <laughs> Maybe Mormons know this and that's why they are like they are. Yeah, they're like, we're ready for Covering the all the bases before Yeah, exactly. Go, yeah. <laughs> because when we go over there, yeah, we're gonna, you're going to be sharing love. You've, have you, you've been to a seance, have you? have you? Well, I suppose the closer thing to a seance was when. I went to a, a like a paranormal investigation thing at the puppet theatre, and they had like the Ouija board. Was it, I don't know if it was technically a Ouija board, but it was the one with the, gla- the yeah, glass. Yeah, the glass. Yeah. Actually, I've done a couple of them because I did one in randomly, really yeah. weird. Randomly, I did a one of these ghost investigations in the Castle Mall. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well known like, spiritual. A really strange place to do. Uh, a paranormal investigator. It was like part of one of these big group ones, so there was loads of people there. Um, I've also done one at the Hollywood Cinema. Gosh. Yeah, that was good. Um, oh yeah, so actually I've done like the glass thing twice, and both times it didn't really go very well for me. Oh really? Yeah. So. I don't like it. The the one at the Castle Mall, it kept like the glass kept moving really far away from me, so my finger kept coming off it, and they and they said, "Oh, do you want she for?" Not to be involved, and it went to yes. <laughs> they wanted me out. No way! So and you're literally outed by a ghost. Wait, they didn't wow. want me in the. And it was we we thought it was because like in one of the. Have you ever been in the back, out the back of the castle mall? It's very strange. No. It's because I used to work there in no. Natural World. If anyone remembers Natural World, <laughs> all the pan pipes playing. I remember. That. It's amazing in the dream and catches. the stones. The stones. Yeah. So anyway, it's like it's just like grey corridors, like with breeze block corridors. And um, we were sitting in one of them. Apparently, this area was haunted, and we had like um, the dowsing thing with the mm. gem on the bottom. And I asked the question, like, "Are you like really old?" I can't even remember what it was, but apparently, it was something I asked there that had pissed off this spirit. <laughs> So then it didn't want me involved with the... you asked its, its age? Yeah. You shouldn't ever ask a spirit its age. I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, so that was... So have you been asked to leave by the spirit world twice? <laughs> My only one. <laughs> That's amazing. So even from the dead, they're not allowing you to come... To... 
So I had to stop taking part, and then when I stopped, it all started like moving. Wow! And do you, you know where can't that was? Sit I don't with know. Us. Do you, Amazing. It was in. I don't know if you remember. You know the floor. It, it's all been redone at the moment, um, and it used to have the ticket office for the cinema on, yeah. and auberge mm. or whatever it was called. And there was like an ice cream parlor on the yeah. corner. It was in that room, the ice cream parlor room. Wow. But. Yeah, I just thought it was a really... That it goes dissed you. That it goes dissed me. But I'd worked there for, like, a good few years, and I'd never heard any ghost stories about the Castle Mall ever. Um, yeah, the second one was at the Puppet Theatre. I can't remember if I've told this story. You but... have, because I remember the evil puppets. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was a bit creepy. I didn't like that one. So then I said after that I'd never do one again. I don't like them. I, I don't... I kind of think if the dead want to contact me, they can make the effort. Do you know what I mean? I've got a lot on, and uh, I'm not. I'm not going to actively go seeking the dead. If they fancy, if they need to tell me about, you know, an outstanding bill or something, then you know, give me a sign. On which note, I have. I told you, I have a list of signs that the dead can send you, according okay. to Oprah. Oh, <laughs> right. So um, they're quite random, and you will find that actually. Lots of you're being contacted continually by the dead, if you believe Oprah. If you find a coin, that's the dead. I've had white feathers. White feathers? Is that next on your list? No. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> Don't try and cold read me. <laughs> the family dog. If your pet looks like they're watching Invisible Fly, they are talking to the dead. Okay. The smell of cigarettes. This is a bizarre one, isn't it? Um, uh, this could be departed loved ones manifesting a specific scent. Or it could be someone having a cigarette, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I imagine. Uh, blown light bulbs. Typical spirit move. I think Typical. I've heard that as well because like, they'll focus all their energy onto the light bulb and it'll... Toddlers. I've heard that. So if it wasn't for ghosts... We'd never need to change our Exactly. Items. No, I know. They're costing us a fortune <laughs> and the environment. Uh, toddlers. Um, young children serve as messengers for our departed loved ones, apparently. Uh, love songs. Uh, your departed loved one will communicate with you through song titles or lyrics. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine? I dread to think what some of those lyrics might be. Uh, dreams, obviously. Um, billboards. Sometimes the departed use literal signs to capture your attention. Literal signs. Surely this is just all like these are all like kind of coincidences. And if you're, if you happen to get them in, this is why that this is why they asked you to leave, isn't it? Because you would not accept the uh, the 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 truth. And formations in the in the sky, they're a common symbol of divine love. Like oh, rainbows, oh, rainbows. Oh, but I think it's just things coming along at the right time, isn't it? So if you're feeling like, or if you've recently lost a loved one, you're probably going to be looking for like signs like that and stuff. Yeah. So it's a bit, it's a little bit desperate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just to bring you right back to the skull experiment. So did did that end? Does it continue? So or? it's the skull experiment has ended, but now there's the Norfolk experiment. Which started in 2006. So just um, the mediums, Diana and Alan Bennett, um, have started the, school, uh, the Norfolk experiment. And it's actually quite interesting because they've 
on their on the website they give like instructions how to make um a device for actually communicating and it's like got crystals and things in so you can actually do the norfolk experiment yourself Ooh. which maybe we should really we should no. do it no no, you and Richard can do it. We'd have a go at that, wouldn't we? We'll have a go. Yeah. But yeah, I'll get the like plans up. You'll be asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be on my own doing it. <laughs> they'll say, it's leave there. It's a no. We're off. <laughs> get us a go. Um, so in 2006, the Bennets said, um, we owed so much to those in the higher realms that we knew in our hearts we would continue to experiment in one way or another. I've always seen in my mind's eye a phoenix rising from the ashes with renewed vigour to live through another cycle. And there's other exciting new news, which is update April 2018. Oh, really? I hadn't seen... Did you look on their website then? Yes, I did. Oh, I didn't actually look on their website before. Their website is very difficult to navigate. It is actually... There's so much information on there, isn't there? I remember when we were researching for this originally and it's just like so much information you you, it's, this is it's one really of this difficult. comes under the category of hard to write. This one, mm. um, the Skull Experiment movie. <gasps> yes, Grant and Jane Solomon have written the screenplay for the Skull Experiment movie with Hollywood producer Rory Rooney. The script has been lodged with the Writers Guild of America and is currently being presented to film production companies and read by actors. Ooh. Yes. So, the that truth is out good, there. Yeah. It's going to happen. Skull is, is going to make it big time. It is, it is really... Actually, I first heard about the Skull experiment when I was in America. Well, there you go. Yeah. That was a sign. Yeah, from, I was visiting my friends and um, I, I just stumbled across it. And I was like... Oh, Skull Experiment. Oh, there's a place in Norfolk called Skull. And then I found out it was actually The Skull. I was like, what? The Skull. Absolutely. <laughs> well, there you go. So there's going to be a film of The Skull Experiment. I think it would actually make a really good film. Make a great film. Although not if they shoot it in the dark. So we're going to have a go at The Norfolk Experiment. Ugh. Yeah. What, are you um, going to try and connect, talk to the dead? <clears throat> yeah. And ask what? Why they're not talking to Shufra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why they don't like me. It's really frustrating because I would love to, like... you love the dead. I do. (laughs) You love them. I I feel like... I feel they're bullying you. When when that medium, like, had spoke to me, when she first walked in the room, she was like, oh, yeah, I can tell you're, like... Violet aura. And she was like, it made me feel really optimistic that actually maybe I am open to these sorts of things. And then I got upstairs and she was like, couldn't figure anything out about me. I was like, oh, I'm really disappointed. I'd love it if I was like open to these things because then I'd know as well. Maybe you're too open to these things. Yeah, maybe I want it too much. Maybe you want it too much and maybe they think she's a little bit eager mm. and, you know, back off. Maybe yeah. you need to like pretend that you're not being, treat them mean, keep them keen, <laughs> the spirits. And like me, you see, I bet they come through to me because yeah. I don't want them to and there'll be you like on the sidelines going, please talk to me. I like because I, I went to like a introduction to paranormal investigation at King's Lynn at Trues Yard just to see what it was like and I was wandering around with a, my little recorder going is anybody there oh I'm like did you like your next door neighbours <laughs> I didn't get any answers <laughs> a pattern is forming so, here but I just thought like if they lived if they were haunting their house <laughs> did you like your neighbours so if you're going, if you're going like on an investigation, you're going to a place because you've heard it's haunted by yeah. 
something. Some, something. Yeah. So, Someone. It, so, so that spirit is going to come through to you. Whereas if you're just at your house, it might be someone who's connected to you. Do you think mediocre ghosts ever come through? This is my point of going back to the whole business of of when we were talking earlier about how if people have regression, then they always come back as something mm. spectacular or interesting or relevant or somebody who you would know from history. Whereas surely there must be a whole load of really tedious ghosts, as there are in real life, kind of waiting to come to and tell you something completely non-spectacular. And, and how tedious would it be if you contacted the dead and then someone came through to you and was just like... I think, again, it depends on context. Because to be fair, I suppose it is quite exceptional if the dead come through to yeah. you, and you should just be grateful but, and not complain. Because there's because there's so many different theories about like what hauntings are. If it's you, if you're going to a place because there's been like a famous like a big event there, you know, or there's a, a renowned murder or something, then you ought to expect to speak to like that person to come through because they're almost tied to the place, aren't they? Yeah. Um. So you, I guess, at those sorts of investigations, you'll always get something of interest. Yeah, but I'm kind of thinking at Skull, they didn't really have that. They just knew that there was there was spirit some beings, force. Didn't they? So it could literally have been somebody who lived there in 1950 who just mm. led a really unexceptional life, but you know, it happened to be quite good at keeping in contact. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Couldn't it? Yeah. You know, we can't... You can't uh, yeah, I don't think they got anyone, like, famous or well-known. <laughs> they did... They did uh, Collectors of trinkets they got, yeah. didn't they? they there got many trinkets. trinkets. They did. God, there was a, a monkey they, one, wasn't yeah. there, that Denise... And I like, have and to Anna, say, Amethyst. as we are in my house full of oddities, I would quite like a trinket that had come through from the other side. If anyone's got one and would like to give it to me, then I would like that. But what if the spirit is still attached? No, I wouldn't like it then. I don't want one. I don't. I'm not, I can't take lodges. Thing, you know, the Magdalene Street shop, and they reckoned one of the spirits was attached to an item of clothing, didn't they? What was it? A coat? I think it was a dress. Was it a dress? Yeah, and they a think one of the dress. spirits. The spirits, and because it was an, an old Oxfam charity shop. Um, That's right. Because so Magdalene Street's meant to be haunted by Sarah, but they didn't think that this spirit that was moving the clothes and folding the clothes was her. They thought think it was something attached to one of those. Items of clothing. I, Which, I get a lot of dress. I get a lot of like charity shop and vintage clothes. I don't like the idea that they might be any of your clothes haunted. No, I don't think so. Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm. He said he was going to come back to prove once and for all that there was another life. And I don't think anybody's ever contacted... I've never read anywhere that anybody's actually contacted him. No. There's that theory that a ghost or a spirit can only come back if there's like that unfinished business. So if he didn't actually have any. Unfinished. Do you not have an unfinished story? There's, there's, I've got a funny one on this, on this um, note that I forgot about, which is, so Michael Faraday was the chap who discovered the link between magnetism and electricity. And he became obsessed with this table tipping in 1850, mm. which was when kind of people claimed that spirits were moving tables, spinning them when, when he was saying it was, they, they absolutely weren't. Um, so he did an experiment in which he proved that this was not happening. The table tipping was the people and not the spirit world. And um, he he said that the sitters were unconsciously fulfilling their own expectations and turning the table. And he was a sceptic until he died. And then in 1887, his spirit came through to a medium and said, oh, all that stuff I said before was nonsense. <laughs> it's all true. 
<laughs> How brilliant of that meeting to kind of go, you know that rubbish that fucker? Yeah, I didn't mean any of that. <laughs> Thought it'd come through, pop by and just tell you all that science stuff nonsense. listening to this week's weird norfolk episode you can find us every week in the eastern daily press on page 13 of weekend supplement you can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk and if you're feeling social you can follow us on twitter and instagram at weird norfolk Weird Norfolk Podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk.